Good evening and welcome to a little bonus episode of In the Footsteps of Giants because the other evening when we were recording the episode regarding the Players' Championship, later on in the evening we drifted into the subject of bifurcation and what it was going to mean if the various bodies got together and changed the rules regarding the golf ball. Obviously, this has become a major topic, so we decided we would put our conversation out from the other evening as a little bonus pod to our listeners. So uh, this is Des and myself chatting away about what it actually means to the players, and it's certainly a story we've been keeping an eye on for the last couple of years, and we have fairly differing opinions as to what the process should involve. We don't have all the answers, but we have a few ideas. So hope you enjoy this little extra bonus episode about bifurcation. Now, bifurcation days. Oh, Marty. Bifurcation. Whichever way you want to pronounce it. This has been on your mind for about two years. So where are we right now? Very quick update. Yes, this is the... if people have been listening to previous podcasts, maybe about even up to a year ago. Two years ago, actually, two years ago, you started oh my goodness, this, yeah. uh, bifurcation, which is a, a word I think is best described as having two branches of the same topic, let's say. And it, it's more so of what they were, might be thinking of doing to try and calm the pro golfers with their big hitting. And you know, the, the first one they did change, if you remember, was they banned the 48-inch uh, shaft. Uh, to a maximum of 46 inches, which paid off Phil, I think probably one of the most. Uh, but uh, just the, f- the latest update on bifurcation now is that the RNA and the USDA have proposed a model local rule, and I'll put that in inverted commas, model local rule, uh, for 2026. So it's not coming too soon, but it's where the elite players, they've put it down as, which I presume is the professionals, will use a different golf ball to amateur golfers. So this is the start, maybe, of something. It will mean the longest hitters that have calculated this out will lose 14 stroke 15 yards on average. So competition organisers can enforce uh, the competitors to play golf balls that go shorter than the current legal models used by the pros and amateurs alike. It, it means that all current balls would be non-conforming. And both governing bodies have notified the equipment manufacturers yesterday. They were saying that their new annual uh, driving distance report found on average, uh, f- on average, four percent year-on-year increase in hitting distances across all seven tours analysed. And believe it or not, the Corn Ferry Tour uh, recorded the highest annual average across all tours at three hundred and seven point eight yards, average. But the wording of it, the model local rule. Uh, it's a specific rule that tournament organisers can choose to use or not. You know, but I, somebody says it's unlikely that they'll bring it in for the US Open, the Open and the Masters and then the US PGA saying, oh, no, we're not going to adhere to it because that would be bonkers. Wouldn't it be bonkers? Yeah, yeah. So I think all of them, uh, if one of them's going to use this local model rule and they don't have to, it's their option. I'm sure they all will. You know, basically they're trying to avoid lengthening golf courses as it's just basically they're saying it's more costly and it's longer to play 18 holes. And that's one of the main reasons behind it, you know. There are a number of things that come out of that. Num- number one, I think I don't have a problem with it. 
if they finally just get round to doing it. And if the pros play a different ball, we still get to watch the pros play golf. And if it loses yeah. uh, average, I, I disagree on one point on that. I know you always did. Well, <laughs> I, I disagree. I disagree with it that it's the ball. I actually think that if you take a look at what's in in vogue over the last two or three years, speed training, mm-hmm. and these players working hard to get their speed up. So they're hitting the same ball further distance because they're hitting it harder and faster. And that's a physical development. That is a physical development. That's the physical development in the player. They're getting so fit. I still think there's a very simpler, and I've said it many, many times, just start narrowing the fairway at 275, 280 yards and narrow it right right down so that the, the holes look, they may look slightly less attractive, but for the pros, it means you've got to play to place and and play on. That is exactly what Ernie Ailes was sort of saying. He says, look, make the rough a foot high and, and yes. shorten the, 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 the fairway widths. And so cetera, if you take the risk of yeah. trying to hit the big, big yes. bomb, yes. you've got a much higher risk but of it not working it does, for you. It's still, you're still missing the point that oh, I'm all not courses... The point. I'm oh, just you. debating the point. I'm debating the point, Des. But That's what a podcast is for. Golf courses being built now are being built longer. And and all the golf courses that are out there now are being stretched, the existing ones. And Augusta has been buying up so many uh, properties around their golf course because they want to extend the tees and everything. But I have to say, I was reading a few, and as I say, Ernie Els was very much on, on your favour on that. But Ernie and I are still close. Yeah, so I believe. Uh, Mike Davies. Now, Mike Davies is actually, he was the former USGA CEO. And he was, had a, I thought, a very good comment on it. He says, we look at other sports and say they haven't had to change their arenas. Tennis courts are the same size as the tennis court was. Football fields haven't had to go to 130 yards in length. The basketball courts are the same. The soccer fields are the same. You're not watching stadiums getting changed because of equipment. Unfortunately, that is what's happening in golf. It's not as if it's stopped. It's continued to go, and that's concerning. I think that's a very good point. And I think that's an excellent point. And I think actually they, they need to stop lengthening golf courses. And therefore, what you need to do is create other dangers that make it more sensible. Instead of trying to bomb the ball 320, you hit the ball 275 and have a longer shot in. Just remember, Nick Faldo was winning tournaments with hitting mm-hmm. long irons mm-hmm. in. And those players were the ones that were, were much, much better because they could hit those long irons. But do you think if Sawgrass put that into play, Putting the rough way up and, and and closing in the fairways. Do you not think it would take a wee bit away from the sawgrass that we know and love? I do, but I also think. I mean, look, I have nothing against if they just do it. If they just say, <laughs> yeah. "Here, here's the ball that you have to play." I, I still think a great idea would be as you walk up onto the tee at uh, seventeen at sawgrass, you have to hit lake ball. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> there's a, there's a bucket of lake balls, and you got to hit one. No, I I think there's lots of ways of doing this. I think the driver's head size mm-hmm. is too big, mm-hmm. and therefore it used to be when we were much much younger, driver heads were quite small, yeah. and getting yeah. one out of the center of a driver was That's a real right. achievement. You, you, Those you, were the moments you, you knew had a very tiny sweet spot, very or, tiny or sweet spot, small number of sweet spots, correct. And therefore, a lot more people hit three woods yeah, or yeah. irons off tees or whatever. And we didn't have utility clubs back yeah, then. Yeah. That were that were, so. There are lots of ways to do it. Yeah. What you have to do is decide how you're going to do it mm-hmm. and go ahead and do it. They need to stop just making this an endless discussion, because I'll tell you what you will never get, and that is if you put twelve individuals in a room. 
you very rarely get all 12 agreeing to the same thing because oh, everybody will always take vested interest into account. So basically what they need to say is every manufacturer will produce a golf ball of the following specification for pro use. And yep. the pros, you will play this specification ball. Mm-hmm. Those are the tournaments. You can, from whichever manufacturer you choose or you like, but this ball must conform to the specification. And the minute you do that, then you you need to you don't need to lengthen until what will happen is that you'll still have people increasing their speed. There'll still be some people who can drive it nearly 300 well, yards. This is what they were saying, actually. It was the swing speed. They were saying that yeah. the swing speed of people who have about 125, 130 miles an hour will lose 15 yards. Yes. Those with a swing speed of 100 miles an hour will probably only use about 7 or 8 yards. And those with a swing speed of about 90 miles an hour will not lose any distance at all. Which, so- considering my swing speed recently <laughs> tested... I think my swing speed comes in at between 92 and 94. Yeah, so it wouldn't impact you, this new no, ball. I, but, but this is the thing, is they, they're going to design a ball that's played for or played in pro tournaments. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to affect the ball that you and I play as, as amateurs. Here's my other question, mm-hmm. okay? Patrick Reed, will he play a conforming ball? <laughs> <laughs> Patrick <laughs> Reed, yes, will he sort of drop a ball out of his pocket and go, oh, Oh, yes, this is my ball. This is, this is my <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But look, I, I think that's a story that unfortunately will run and run because yes, I don't think yes. there's going to be a quick well, resolution to that. But you know, you've, been on that, you've been on that one yes, for two years, Des. And the RNA and the SGA have said that they're, they're de- debating on a few other items with the equipment companies. So it's not just the ball at this stage. I have another idea. Another very simple idea as well. Ten clubs, not 14. Yeah. There's another one which means you're going to have to choose what it is you want to carry in the bag. There's actually 14 as a limit, but carry 10. I learned my golf playing with a uh, a half set. Oh, yes. So I had a three, three, five, seven, nine, no wedges. That's right. Three, five, seven, nine, putter. And then I I was lucky at the time I had two old. But could you imagine telling Ram and Larry they're only to play with 10 clubs at the rate they break them? Could be difficult for them. But here, well, leave that, leave that. <laughs> the other thing I would do, it's a bit like Formula One, is um, say, right, you're allowed a set of clubs at the start of the year, and that's it. Those are the clubs you play with this season. <laughs> yes. Until you finish. No grip changes, and, no nothing. You have to play. And Ram going into the US, the PGA, John, why have you only got three clubs in your back? <laughs> and you're still playing quite well. <laughs> yeah, probably. And that is where Des and my conversation about bifurcation ended the other evening. However, as I said earlier, it is a topic of which we're all going to become very aware over the next few months. And who knows what the final uh, options will be? There are certainly plenty of them. I do wish they'd think a little bit more outside the box and maybe just make golf courses a little tougher and more exciting than just something as simple as rolling back the ball. But uh, we will wait and see what uh, they come up with over the uh, coming months. But uh, until we get back in the studio to record another episode of In the Footsteps of Giants, I hope you enjoyed this little bonus pod and uh, thank you very much indeed for listening.